Let's grab our Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter number 3. We're going to take a little bit of a break. I know that you're currently teaching through uh, the Minor Prophets. And um, in, I think, probably four of our adult Bible fellowships, we're teaching through uh, a book called The Peacemaker. And it's been a great encouragement to me. It's been a help to me. Really, it has as a husband, as a father. And uh, so I've enjoyed it. So right now, our class is in Lesson 10. And so I thought, you know, this will be good. I don't want to skip a chapter. I want to, I want to keep teaching this. And it just so happens so far uh, through this book, this has been my favorite chapter to study for. And the title of the lesson is Forgive as God Forgave You. I think we have a couple of slides. If there's anybody up there that can push that. Forgive as God Forgave You. I think we're coming that way. Uh, again, the title, the title of the book is The Peacemaker. And we also have these, th- this book available uh, in, the, um, in the Biblical Counseling Resource Center. They're only 10 bucks if you'd like to get a copy of it. But the way it's divided up, it's divided up into four sections. And the author of the book really talks about just this idea of when believers are bitterly embroiled. This is a quote from his book. When believers are bitterly embroiled in disagreement or coldly estranged from one another, few people, if any, will pay attention when we try to talk with them about the reconciling love of Jesus Christ. Uh, so we look at, he, he, divide the book, he divides the book up in four major sections. One here is glorify God. We look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Whether therefore ye eat or drink, whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. So the idea of this book of Peacemaker is helping believers deal with conflict. And uh, if you say, well, I don't, I don't have any conflict in my life. Well, I don't, I don't know if that's true. Maybe it's there, you're just not recognizing it, or you're being very naive about it. But we all deal with conflict at different, different stages of life as, as things, different people come into our life. And uh, so uh, the first, first three chapters deal with this idea of glorifying God through the conflict. Uh, the second section here, part two, is get the beam out of your own eye. And uh, here we look at Matthew chapter 7, when Jesus is teaching through... Uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, it says, Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Now just pause for a moment and think about what, what that would be like in the workplace if everybody just kind of stayed in their lane and took care of business and just did their job. Wouldn't that be a novel idea? Huh? Think about how easy things would go. Well, think about it in ministry as well. If everybody just, just did what was required of them, it, what a difference it would make. So before, before we start trying to go fix everybody else's problems, let, let's, let's, let's look within and let's see what needs to be taken care of in our own lives first. And, and, and those, those three, again, three chapters we went through on that section, uh, very, very helpful. And then the third section here is gently restore. And now we're getting to the, the point where it's time to uh, repair this relationship. It's time to uh, find a way where there's a conflict. We're aware of it. Um, we, we find out what's, what's the biblical way. This, listen, there are multiple ways we can solve this problem. But there's a biblical way that's probably the best as we look at it. And so we kind of talk through that. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such one in the spirit of meekness. Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. In the last section, we just started this section with this chapter, chapter 10, uh, go and be reconciled. Now it's the, it's the action part of, of, of resolving this conflict. Matthew 5, 24, leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. So as we look in Colossians chapter number 3, look at uh, verse number 12 and we'll read down through verse number 17. The Bible says here, put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, 
Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which, by the way, is going to make the forgiveness uh, practice a whole lot easier, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. So as we get into uh, this, uh, this, this, uh, uh, this lesson tonight of, of forgive as God forgives, the author shares a very a personal story about a husband and wife that are mending their relationship uh, after an infidelity on the wife's part. And um, forgiveness was sought, and it was, it was quote-unquote, it was given. They, they kind of sorted things out. And uh, the, the couple, the husband specifically, comes to the, the counselor, and he says, listen, I'm having a really hard time with this. He found it extremely difficult to be close or be intimate with her, and he felt that she was, that she was drifting away, getting further apart. And he was concerned that this is going to continue to fester and we're going to be down the same road that we just were. And it's not good. Matter of fact, we're, we're both in agony, he says. And it seems that we would be better off divorce. And I, I like what the, what the counselor said here. In, in, in a moment of wisdom, he says, listen, I, I recognize that you're both in terrible pain. But I don't think divorce is going to end that pain. You'll just be trading one kind of pain for another. Amen. We, got, we got to get to the heart of this. And um, he, says, he says to the man and, and counts him, he says, listen, there is a way to restore your marriage and truly put your past behind you, but you will not find it with empty forgiveness that you've offered her. And he's a kind of somewhat put off by that. He says, well, what do you mean? What, what kind of empty forgiveness are you talking about? He says, imagine if you're going to go to God and, and you confess the sin to God. And God says, you know what? I forgive you. If you could hear a voice, which we, we know you can't, you're not going to hear an audible voice. But if God were to say to you, he says, listen, I, yep, I, I forgive you, but I can never be close to you again. Imagine if he said, you know, um, I, 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 I can forgive you, but things will never be the same again. He says, how would you feel? Would you feel forgiven? And he said, no, no, I wouldn't. He goes, well, that, that's kind of what you're doing with your wife. He said, instead, instead of this, he said, imagine that God says, hey, I, I forgive you, and I promise to never talk about this sin again. I promise to never bring it up against you. I promise never to dwell on it or to brood on it. I promise ne never to share this with anyone. I forgive you. No doubt as believers, we know what that's like, don't we? We know what it's like to be forgiven. We know what it's like to have our, our, our hearts clean from sin. And, and if there's ever a people who, are, who, are, who understand forgiveness uh, uh, in, the, in the world today, it certainly is believers. So as we are the most forgiven people, uh, we ought to be able to forgive others. We ought to be able to demonstrate that. It ought to just flow out of our lives. So what I want to look at tonight is this idea that we cannot, we cannot look over the direct correlation between God's forgiveness to us and our forgiveness to others. God's forgiveness to us and our forgiveness to others. There's a direct correlation. We, we find this in Ephesians 4.32. It says, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Again, we saw this in Colossians chapter 3, forbearing one another, 
and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. So he's given us, let's just be honest, he's given us an impossible task. To forgive the way Christ could forgive, it's impossible. We cannot do it in our own strength. I would submit to you that we really don't even want to do it in our own strength. There's something natural in us that wants to kind of hang on to something, just in case you need it, just in case you need it. I I remember as a kid, we used to trade baseball cards. I don't know if some people looked at that as gambling or not, but we did it. We would get baseball cards. And, uh, well, I guess we did kind of gamble with it, because what we would do, we would, we would throw them against the wall, and they would stack up against the wall, and then the first one that flipped face up, you got to keep all the cards below it. So it was, it was a pretty good hustle there for guys who knew how to flip those baseball cards. But there would come a time, you didn't, you didn't want to throw your, your, your good cards right out there, because you don't want to go in the first, I mean, you, you would kind of hang it back. And, and, and to kind of see how this thing's going to go. Because if you're going to be against somebody who really knows how to throw those baseball cards, I don't want to take my, you know, my, my Mark Grace 1986 Topps card and throw that out there and someone's going to take it. Well, in, in the same way, sometimes we'll hang on to something because we think it may be advantageous to us down the road. There's something natural in us that wants to do that. So we recognize that while we cannot forgive the way Christ does, Christ does set the standard that we are to forgive the way Christ does. Therefore, we can only do it through his strength. We can only do it with his help. That, that, my friend, is what makes it possible. So number one, you cannot do it alone. It's impossible to truly forgive, to forgive others in your own strength. It's impossible. Um, when, uh, when, when they've hurt us, when they have betrayed us, when they've betrayed our trust, uh, God is delighted to provide the strength in our heart that we cannot do in our own strength. He's delighted to help us. He's delighted uh, to give us the victory, to give us the strength uh, to be able to forgive. Uh, so letter A here, forgiveness is not a feeling. We need to recognize that. Forgiveness is not a feeling. Because again, I would go back to, we don't, I don't feel like forgiving. When someone says something that's hurtful, when someone does something that's rude or wrong, uh, there, there's not a natural inclination to want, to want to forgive. I don't feel like forgiving. I don't feel like it at all. Um, we just, it, it's, a, it's an act of the will. Uh, for, forgiveness involves a, a series of decisions, and the first of which is, is, God, I need your help to do this. I can't do this in my own strength. So-and-so has asked me to forgive them. We, have, we really have two options. I can just go through the motions and just give the words, oh, yeah, I forgive you. Remember when your kids were like that, and you say, say sorry. Sorry. Well, are they really sorry? No. And then, well, you say you forgive them. I forgive you. Did they really forgive? No, they really didn't. But we're, again, we're trying to teach them these things. And, and, and so we get them in the habits. But then, but then we got to deal with the heart. Habits alone are not enough is what I'm saying. There's something natural in this that does not feel like forgiving. It's, it's a series of, of, of decisions. And begin, it begins with, God, you're going to have to help me with this. And as God gives us grace, then we get to decide, what, what will I do? Uh, will, I, will I continue to, uh, to hold this over them, or will I, uh, will, will I actually truly, biblically forgive them? Uh, so God, he calls us to make these decisions to forgive regardless of our feelings. There's really no option. It's a command. He tells us that we are to forgive. Uh, letter B here, forgiveness is not forgetting. It's a, uh, uh, forgiveness is a, it, it's a passive process uh, I'm sorry, forgetting is a passive process in which a, a matter fades away from memory with just a passing of time. 
but there's really no resolution. It's just kind of out of sight, out of mind. Well, we got busy. We moved on to the next thing, the next thing that distracted us. So we were away from it. And it'll it'll just be a matter of time before they say something or do something that's going to bring it right back up to the surface. Uh, to, to the surface. Uh, forgiving is it, it's actually an active process. So forgetting, I just kind of let it go. It just kind of happens. Whereas forgetting, I'm going to have to, on purpose, it's an active process. It, it involves a conscious choice and a deliberate course of action. In Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25, the Bible says here, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. God has made a choice not to remember. It's not that he forgot. We, we forget things all the time. We forget our keys. We forget our phone. The other day, I, I believe, believe it or not, I'm like, where's my phone at? I'm like, it's around here somewhere, and it's right there in my hand. Uh, we, 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 we all forget things, but, but God, God, is, God is, listen, God, uh, God reminds us that, that he made a choice. He made a choice in Isaiah 43, 25. I will not remember thy sins. It's a conscious choice. He's not saying that he cannot remember. Rather, he's promising that he will not remember. And when he forgives, he chooses not to mention. He chooses not to bring it up in front of us. He he chooses not to ever think about our sins again. So when we think about this idea, well, if I'm going to forgive like God wants uh, wants me to forgive, I'm really going to need God's help. Because those thoughts are going to come into my mind. Now I have a choice. Yes, I've forgiven them, but when that thought comes into my mind, now I have to address that thought again. And we'll talk about that here as we get down here. Uh, let us see here, forgiveness is not excusing. We're not washing this. We're not, we're not pushing this under the rug. We're not saying, well, that, that's okay. You know, it really wasn't that bad. You know, I, we know you couldn't help it. You're, that's just kind of who you are. No, no, forgiveness is, is it's the act of excusing. The very, the very fact that, that forgiveness is needed is the fact that a wrong was committed. It doesn't mean we have to make a mountain out of a molehill, right? We don't have to dwell this thing on. This doesn't, this, we don't need to have a powwow and all these things. It, it can be addressed very quickly if we, just, if we just take care of it. So forgiveness is actually the opposite of excusing. Uh, because forgiveness deals honestly with sins, it, it, it brings forgiveness uh, that no amount of excusing could ever help to, uh, hope to provide. Um, I don't know, this might have been maybe five, six years ago. Uh, one of our children did something, and so we're going to deal with it, and we handled it, and uh, Amanda and I were talking later. Boy, we, just, we, we were just surprised that they made this decision, uh, to be quite honest with you. I mean, where did this, I mean they came out of left field. And uh, so we dealt with the, with the punishment. We dealt with the uh, forgiveness was sought, and it was a, re- a very repentant heart. We, we accepted that. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget later that day, later that day, um, seeing this child just walking around like nothing happened. And I'm like, boy, the nerve. The nerve. Like nothing ever happened. And as it, as just immediately as that thought came into my mind, God said, well, that's how it's supposed to be. Amen. He repented, right? So not, now we narrowed it down to two out of four. He repented, and, and, he, and, and he sought forgiveness, and you gave it. That means, that means it's not hovered over him. You understand? So when we look at this idea, forgiveness is not excusing. It, true biblical forgiveness brings an amount of freedom. I'll never forget this, seeing like the little pep in his step, to see the happiness in his heart. And here I was as a parent thinking, boy, you should be a little bit more sad about this thing. Boy, what a lesson. Isn't it funny how God used our children to give us so many lessons in life? Letter D here, forgiveness is a decision. 
Number one here, notice to forgive someone means to release them from the, reli- the, the liability uh, to suffer punishment or penalty. Uh, to forgive, it, it, mean, it means to let go. Uh, turn your Bible to Matthew chapter number 18. I want you to see this in Matthew chapter number 18. We know this uh, context of this chapter. Uh, the Lord's dealing with uh, uh, discipline and, 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 and really get, getting matters right, especially within the church house. We see that in uh, uh, verses uh, 15 through 19. But I want you to look with me in verse number 21. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him ten thousand talents. For as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and children, all that he had, and payment to be made. The servant, therefore, fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, I have, uh, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, and loosed him, and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and uh, found one of his uh, fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid his hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou, what thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants uh, saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto the Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after he had uh, called him and said to him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee. And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. Uh, forgiveness is undeserved and it cannot be earned. It's undeserved. Uh, we, uh, we, have, we have a debt that has been paid, and by, by the compassion and the mercy of the one to whom it is owed, uh, they, have, they have given that forgiveness. There's nothing we did to earn this, the, 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 this, uh, this forgiveness. Uh, you're in Matthew. Turn over just a few pages to Luke chapter number 7. Luke chapter number 7. Look at verse number 42 and verse number 43. Actually, let's look at verse number 41. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love the most, will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And Jesus answered him, Thou hast rightly judged. Don't you think it would help us a little bit to be a little bit better forgiving when we recognize what Christ has forgiven us of? When we see what he's done in our hearts, doesn't that, doesn't that help us? Doesn't it give us some framework to deal with uh, uh, when, when, when it comes to forgiving? To, uh, most of the debt that we have, it's owed to God, and, 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 and God forgives us. So in his mercy, again, we have the, the, the example in Christ. Uh, Christ died on the cross to pay for our sins. Uh, by, by faith, we repent of our sins. We turn to Christ. Uh, he, does not, he does not demand any payment. The payment's already been made. And we, we, we do that through Christ. We have, uh, we have many scripture references that we can look at uh, to think about the, the death and the payment of, of Christ. 
uh, for our sins. But if someone has sinned against you, they have a debt to the Lord, but they also have a debt to you. So now, now, I, now I have to make a decision uh, when, it, when it comes to this debt. Can I accept payment or do I make payment? So we, we, can, we can take payments in many ways. We can, we can withhold forgiveness. We can dwell on what's wrong. Uh, we can be cold and indifferent. We can be judgmental. We can be condescending. Uh, we, can, uh, we can inflict emotional pain. We can spread gossip around. Did you believe what they... We, we, can, we, we can take a lot of payment and make this situation a whole lot worse. Or we can make the payments ourselves by just simply releasing someone who is, has repented of sin. Uh, so number two here, forgiveness can be described as a decision really to make four promises. Uh, first promise is I will not dwell on this incident. I'm not going to dwell on it. And again, I think that's hard. I think when, uh, depending upon the level, the, the, the seriousness, the, uh, the severity of the, of the hurt, um, it, it's going to be fresh in your mind. And uh, we'll, again, we'll talk about how to use scripture to help us in that. But I'm, what, I'm, what I'm saying, when I say, listen, I forgive you, I'm making a promise to you, whether audibly or just agreeing in my heart, I'm not going to dwell on this incident. The second promise I'm making is I'm not going to bring this incident up again against you. I'm not going to use it against you. It's not going to become uh, uh, something that I could use to manipulate our relationship. It's not going to be something that I'm going to uh, leverage against you. I've forgiven you. I, I've released you of it. Uh, letter C here, uh, I will not talk to others about this incident. It, well, it's, it's easy. It's easy to get a crowd. It's easy to get some folks to come alongside and hear just your side of the story, and all of a sudden they're sympathetic to your cause. And when they become a little sympathetic to your cause, it kind of emboldens us, and maybe we'll say some things that we might not normally say, in, in, given the context of the relationship. But because we talked to so-and-so, and they said, oh, really? Well, you know this. Oh, yeah, you know what? You're right. And all of a sudden, we, we, with this, this, this situation that could have been handled, if biblical forgiveness was given, uh, not, now it's getting worse here. The fourth promise we're making is, I will not let this incident stand between us or hinder our personal relationship. We'll be very transparent. Sometimes the relationship may never be quite the same, depending upon the seriousness of, of, of the hurt. But I'm not going to allow this to hinder or stand between us. By making and keeping these promises... We begin to tear down the walls that stand between us and the person who has offended us. And by the way, this is exactly what Christ has done for us. So he calls us to do it for others. We model our relationship with Christ and how we forgive others. Think about that. We model our relationship with Christ and how we forgive others. You and I, I don't know, that, I don't know what your favorite snack is or dessert, but... I know this, if I saw somebody eating a sandwich or eating a, a slice of dessert and they were making a sour face and they weren't happy about it and they tried to offer me a, a bite, no, I'm good. And I know, no, really, no, no, it's, it's really good. You know? No, 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 really, I'm good. I, I really don't want it. And I think sometimes, sometimes figuratively speaking, we make a, we make a sour face. We, we, we look at others and, and we don't demonstrate the forgiveness of Christ the way we should, and it, gives, it, it really gives a bad flavor. Uh, Roman number two here, when should we forgive? Well, letter A, we ought to forgive when there's an attitude of forgiveness. That's pretty simple. That's pretty basic. Uh, this is an unconditional, and it's a commitment that really we're making, we're making to the Lord. You're here in Luke. Look at uh, Luke chapter 6, and look with me in verse number 28. Jesus says here, Bless them that curse you, 
and pray for them which despitefully use you. It's an unconditional, it's a commitment that we make uh, to the Lord. By God's grace, we're seeking to maintain a loving and merciful attitude towards someone that has offended us. Again, this requires us making and living out the first promise of forgiveness. Remember, the first promise is, I will not dwell on this incident. Okay? I will not dwell on this incident. But we, we, I don't know that we can really give, make these other three promises if the person is not repentant. If they're, not, if they're not sorry for their sin. If they're not sorry for the offense. So the, 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 we, 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 we may wait to see what, what kind of response uh, that, that they're going to have. So we're not going to dwell on the hurtful incident. We're not going to seek vengeance in our thoughts and our words, our actions. Uh, matter of fact, this attitude will, will help protect our hearts from becoming bitter. It'll, it'll protect us from being resentful. If we recognize, because listen, if I, if I go to someone... Someone comes to me, they're wrong, and, uh, and, and uh, uh, they're not repentant. But I continue to dwell on it. I continue to play it over again. Any, uh, any hunters or fishermen out there? The one that got away, right? You play it over and over in your mind. I mean, I, I can tell you, I, I, I probably have 20 stories right now. I could just rattle them off, and I could tell you. Of the one that got away, of the fish that got away, I saw it. Maybe some of you, maybe there's some shoppers in here. The sale that you missed, right? It was 75% off the day before. It got away from you. And, and we'll, we'll play these things. You ever, you ever been in a car accident before? That sound, all the details that you remember, it, it's, 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 it's there. You, you, you hear it, it's fresh in your mind. So if this individual is not repenting and they're not sorry for it, if I continue to dwell on it, what am I doing? I, I'm, I'm really, I'm, really I'm, I'm, I'm plotting the ground for bitterness, and resentment. I'm really, I'm, I'm really uh, adding some, uh, some fertilizer, if you would, to, to plant some, some bad seeds. So I, I have to be very careful on this. Again, we're not going to make the other three promises until, until I recognize that someone is truly seeking forgiveness. But if it's ever brought up again, it's only brought up for their benefit, not my benefit. Because I, I, I can control my actions. I can't control someone else's actions. So letter B here, notice granting forgiveness. Again, this is conditional on the repentance of the offender. And it takes place between you and that person. Uh, again, we're, we're here in Luke. So let's turn over to Luke chapter number 17. Look with me in verse number 3 and verse number 4. Luke chapter 17, verse number 3, it says, Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Something's been wrong. We bring it up. We're going to deal with it. If he's repent, okay, I forgive you. And again, we're talking about biblical forgiveness. I'm, I'm not going to bring this up. I'm not going to use it against you. I'm not going to talk about it behind your back. It's, I'm not going to let this come in between us. Again, uh, Jesus, Jesus addresses the repeat offender, doesn't he? He addresses the repeat offender. As a matter of fact, in the context that when we look at Matthew chapter 18, uh, the Bible will tell us how to handle repeat offenders. You know, that the, the, we may need to bring in other, other parties involved. But the idea here in, in chapter 17, verse 3, it's, it's actually very simple. I, look, I, I'm just saying, it's not the complex things about the Bible that I have the most difficulty with in my life as a, as a believer. Sometimes it's the simplest things that I struggle with. I don't know what it's like for you, but this is, this is fairly simple. We come to take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him, and if he repent, forgive him. And if you trespass against thee seven times in a day, 
and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Now, is Christ telling us he wants us to keep track of seven times? No. No, but the idea is that we're, we're, we're going we're gonna, to, if he's truly repentant, we're going we're gonna to seek to restore him. So again, if there's, if there's been a serious offense, um, we would hold off on making those other three promises. But if they truly, if they truly repent, we, we want to make these other promises that we're not going to bring this up again. Uh, we're not, now, if, if they come back again a second time, say, so wait a minute now, we, we de- we've, de- we've dealt with this before, haven't we? Okay, I'm not using that to manipulate him. I'm not using that to hang it over him. We're reminding him. Wait a minute. Doesn't Christ remind us? Remember the rock from which you're hewn? We don't have, God doesn't bring, in, bring these details in front of us, but, but we remember what God has done for us. And sometimes it's helpful to say, listen, I want you to see that we can forgive. And when you, when you do repent, that forgiveness will be granted. So until then, you may need to talk to them uh, about their sin. And again, we, we uh, uh, reference you to uh, Matthew chapter 18. Uh, if, there, if there's no repentance, if there's, if there's really there's no sorrow about it. Uh, again, uh, the, once the person repents, then, then, then we're going to make these other three promises. We're going to close the matter forever uh, the same way that God forgives us. Moment number three here, overcoming unforgiveness. Overcoming unforgiveness. The promises of forgiveness can be difficult to make and even harder to keep. Fortunately, God promises to help us forgive others. And again, we find this through Scripture. There's practical guidance. There's many examples of personal forgiveness. Uh, He strengthens us through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will help us. He'll he'll constantly remind us. Uh, The more more we get into God's Word, uh, the more the Holy Spirit can bring the the Word of God to to our remembrance. That's probably why sometimes it's so hard for us to be disciplined and read the Bible the way we should. Because our flesh fights against this. He strengthens us through the Holy Spirit. Again, again he gives us power. Uh, finally, for those times that we need extra help, uh, God has some, uh, some faithful men and women in our lives who have some, some, gray, hair, uh, some gray hair. They have some, some years behind their birthday, some experience. And they can come alongside us and they can help us in these areas uh, where there's great difficulty. So as we draw on these resources, there are several steps that we can take to overcome unforgiveness. Letter A here, confirm repentance. Again, it can be difficult uh, to uh, forgive a person who's failed to repent and, 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 they, can, uh, and they, they fail to confess clearly and specifically. Uh, when we find ourselves in a situation, it may be wise to explain to them, uh, hey, this is, this is why I'm having a hard time forgiving you. I hear what you're saying, but your actions really don't, don't, don't really dictate that you're really you know, forgiving. It's like, it's like the toddler or the, the young child that says, I forgive you. Well, you're just kind of going through the motions a little bit on this. So forgiveness, can, it can also be hindered uh, by sinful attitudes. So let, let her be here. We need to renounce sinful attitudes and expectations. Our, our sinful attitudes and our expectations uh, can, make it, can make it difficult for us to forgive. Uh, either consciously or unconsciously, many of us have withhold forgiveness uh, because we believe the offender must earn or deserve forgiveness because we want to punish them or we want them to suffer. So yet we said it, we said it in words, but in our heart, we're still, we're still kind of, uh, kind of like the illustration I gave you with, with my son, uh, we're, we're still kind of hoping they feel miserable about it. We're still kind of hoping there's, there's some fallout so they can, they can really know how bad they hurt us. Uh, these, these attitudes and expectations are inconsistent with a biblical mandate to forgive. Amen. And I need to be very, very, I need to be very, very honest with myself on this. 
If, I, if I'm finding that, you know what, I, I need to forgive because that's the right thing to do, and I, boy, I, I better do it. But if there's something in my heart that's, that's still resentful about this thing, I need to confess it. I need, I need, I need to make it right. Uh, because uh, what happens, it, it becomes a, a cyclical behavior in our life, especially in this area of forgiveness. And I would say this, I would say this, if we have difficulty uh, forgiving in the small, minor things in life, um, many ways, those small things are, are preparing us for the big things. Amen. Remember when, when David uh, fought uh, the bear and the lion? Well, that was preparing him for Goliath. So in many ways, it would be good for us to get in the habit of, of, of forgiving even minor offenses and to build those. Um, you know, when you stand up, a, a golfer will talk about uh, muscle memory. Do so many swings to get, that, to get that right swing down, get that muscle memory down. Well, I think in many ways, Christians, we need to have some forgiveness memory. Where we, we're constantly forgiving, even, even over some, some minor things, constantly forgiving, and, and, just, and just see what that's like. So, so when, when the time comes, when there, when there is something that's major, something a little bit more serious or a little bit more offensive, uh, we already know a biblical approach of how to forgive. Uh, let us see here. Uh, we assess our contribution to the problem. In some situations, our sins may have contributed to this conflict. So even though we may not have started it, uh, whether it's our lack of understanding, our careless words, uh, maybe because we were impatient, our failure to respond in a loving way, we may have aggravated the, the, the situation. We may have made it worse by our response. So when this happens, you know, it's easy to behave as though the other person's sins more than cancel yours. It's easy to kind of, well, you know what, it's nothing compared to what they did to me. Matter of fact, we wouldn't even be, I mean, am I the only one that has conversations with themselves? I mean, we wouldn't even be in this situation if they wouldn't have done this. So the best way, again, the best way to overcome this tendency is to prayerfully examine your role in the conflict. And the author used this, this, uh, this uh, uh, example, this, uh, this uh, pattern here. He says, write down everything you have done or that you failed to have done and that, that may have been a factor. Well, doesn't it make a difference when you write things down? Yes. When you put things on pen and paper? Yeah. Uh, it, it does a couple things. One, it creates, it creates a record. Uh, and that's not always the best thing. But it, 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 it forces you to really think about it and to consider what it is that I'm writing. And, and as, as I'm going, I'm prayerfully asking myself, uh, Lord, th- th- what responsibility do I have in this? And um, uh, God is a great teacher. The Holy Spirit will, will bring things to your mind. Um, remembering our faults usually makes it easier to forgive others for theirs. Remembering our faults makes it easier. Letter D here, recognize that God is working for good. When someone has wronged you, it's helpful to remember that God is sovereign and loving. And when you have a hard time forgiving that person, take time to note uh, that God may be using this offense for your good. God may, be, God may be working in your heart. Uh, th- this might be a, an unusual opportunity to give God glory in the situation. While you may not have asked for it, while you may not be enjoying it, you can sit back and you can say, you know what, God, I want you to receive glory in this situation. And we, find, we look for opportunities to, to serve others, we look for opportunities to help others grow in their faith as well as, as when we grow in our faith. So what sins or weaknesses of ours are being exposed through this process? Again, it may not be something that you have to even deal with the, with, the, with the offender. Maybe it's just something in your own heart that God teaches you, and God teaches you a lesson. Uh, when we perceive that the person who's wronged us is being used as an instrument in God's hand to help us mature spiritually and to serve others and glorify Him, 
Again, that was from a lesson from a few chapters ago, that, that uh, mature, uh, serve others, and glorify him. It may be easier for us to move ahead with forgiveness. When I recognize that God is using this person, God's using this person for his honor and his glory in my life, again, it, it, it kind of primes the pump, so to speak. It gives me an opportunity uh, to be a little bit more forgiving. Letter E here, remember God's forgiveness. Uh, remember uh, all, all that Christ has done in, in your own heart. Uh, we saw that in Matthew chapter number 18. Uh, we, take, we take God's forgiveness for granted when we stubbornly withhold our forgiveness from others. I want you to turn over to Psalm chapter 32. Psalm chapter number 32. David says here, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the, day, all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me, my moisture is turned into draught of summer. Selah. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Uh, when we have an, an attitude of forgiveness, we recognize all that Christ has done for us. Um, there's a quote in the, in the book we're reading here. It says, We are not called to forgive others in order to earn God's love. Rather, having experienced his love, we have the basis and motive to forgive others. Letter F here real quickly. Draw on God's strength. Use God's help. Use God's, uh, uh, the, the, the grace that God extends to us and use that and, and, and distribute that grace. As much as God has given us grace, as much as God has forgiven us, we then can appeal to that. We then can appeal to that. Uh, we, we, we can see uh, what, what God has done for us, and we take a little bit of that grace and say, you know what, I'm going to apply that to this situation, because God is abundant in grace. Uh, Roman number four here, as we, as we close the lesson, reconciliation and the replacement principle. Uh, the author talks about this idea, after you demolish an obstruction, there's usually, once you, once you clean up all the dust and, everything, and all, the, all the debris, there's usually a clear path now to begin new construction or to fix any repair work that you need, that you need to make. And in, in much of the same way, reconciliation is a process that involves a change of attitude that leads to a change in the relationship. We give a repentant person an opportunity to demonstrate repentance and to, and to regain that trust, to restore that relationship. Um, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to put guarantees on the relationship. I, I'm not going to demand that they never do this again because they, they may. Aren't you glad God doesn't do that to us? Amen. Aren't you glad God doesn't say, hey, don't, don't ever do this again. This time only. This is a one-time deal. No, it's not like that. Amen. The author here puts a quote here with the idea that reconciliation takes work. He says, if you're coasting, you might be going downhill. If you're coasting, you might be going downhill. We lived in uh, Sparland, Illinois, a little small town, 600 people off the Illinois River, about two miles off. And uh, top of our town was a hill, and then uh, went down to the Illinois River, and then top of the next town, Lakin. Uh, Lakin had a hill on top of that. And my grandparents lived about 14 miles in Varna, Illinois. And sometimes we'd come home, uh, and my dad would, at the top of the hill, he would put the car in neutral. And we would like to see if we could coast all the way down past the, the Marshall County Airport, into the back of Lake and past the little country club there, past the Benjamin Franklin uh, dime store, past the gas station, down to the, and then we could try to get down to the bridge and see how far we can go to the bridge. I think we made it about halfway up the bridge one time. And we're, just, we're just coasting through this. Listen, if we're, if we're, if we're coasting, if it's, if it's really easy, 
then we're probably not giving it quite a, the, the, the amount of attention that we ought to be giving to forgiveness. Because forgiveness, it, it takes work, reconciliation. So three things, quickly. Uh, uh, we, uh, reconciliation through letter A in thought. Uh, Philippians 4 a says, Finally, brethren, what sort of things are true? What sort of things are honest? What sort of things are just? What sort of things are pure? What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things are of a good report? If there be any virtue, there be any praise, think on these things. Oh, I can forgive so-and-so, but I can't, I can't forget what they're doing. Well, every time that thought comes into mind of what they did to you, remember the A, you forgave them, and the B, uh, replace your thoughts. Think of something positive. Okay, this isn't like a self-help thing. I know this is, this is Bible. The Bible tells us in Philippians 4 that we're to, we're to think on these things. Things aren't honest. We say, well, you don't know so-and-so. It's hard to find something honest or of a good report about them. I, I do know some of those so-and-sos. But um, you know what? Then put our attention upon the Lord. Because he's good. He's just. He's honest. He's of a good report. I think once we start changing our thinking, our, our, our heart will follow along and it changes here. Uh, so we, uh, it's a reconciliation thought, but it's also in word. Uh, again, back to Luke uh, chapter 6. He says, I say unto you, which hear, love your enemies. Do good to them which hate you. Bless them that curse you and pray for them which despitefully use you. And he gives us the acronym PET, P-E-T, praise, encourage, and thank. Try to find ways in that relationship if biblical forgiveness was given, uh, find ways to praise them, to encourage them, and to thank them. And then let her see here. I want you to turn to this verse here in 1 John chapter number 3. We'll close with this. 1 John chapter number 3. Look with me in verse number 18. So... Reconciliation, we're forgiveness in, in thought, in, in word, and in, in, in finally here, let us see here, in deed. 1 John 3.18, he says, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Amen. Follow through on it. Follow through on it. Uh, Thomas Edison, uh, the story was told that uh, when they first started making that light bulb, it took over 100 hours to make one bulb. And uh, he had uh, got done with it and gave the bulb to a young man to take it up to the testing room. Excited young man turned the corner and dropped the bulb. And uh, so back to the drawing board they go. Thomas Edison forgave him. Back to the drawing board they go, and they get that bulb ready. And Thomas Edison gave it back to that young man. He said, take this bulb up to the testing room. Uh, through this lesson, I made the, a little forgiveness card as a reminder to me. Uh, forgiveness is a choice, not an act of our will. It's not an emotion. It's not forgetting or ex- excusing. So this is what I, what I want to do when I forgive someone. By God's grace and with his help, I choose not to dwell on it. I choose not to bring it up. I choose not to talk about it to others or to let it stand in between us. Amen. I must maintain an attitude of forgiveness and be willing to grant forgiveness after repentance is sought. Boy, hasn't God been good to us? What a great way we have to show others what Christ has done for us by the way we forgive others. I think it'll help us. I think it'll help our homes. It'll help our children, our grandchildren. It'll certainly help our church. And, and, and we know it'll help our community as well. Let's pray. So glad to see you tonight. Hope you have a great rest of the week. And uh, pray for this uh, coming uh, Lord's Day. Again, uh, Super Saturday, this, uh, this Saturday, 10 o'clock in the Folger Fellowship Hall. Uh, Bearing Precious Seed will be.